Merry Christmas. Today is a special day. The waiting is over, the baby Jesus has come, and we gather to celebrate the scandal of Christmas. Oh, wait, what? You're probably going, wait a minute, the scandal of Christmas? That's, that's not right, come on. There's no scandal in, in the cute little baby tucked away in a manger, surrounded by shepherds and with Mary and Joseph, the angel Gabriel hovering above. There's no scandal in three wise men making their way toward Bethlehem, bringing costly gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, expensive gifts befitting a king. But no, this is Luke's Christmas story. And if you look closely, there are no wise men. The news of Jesus' birth is delivered to shepherds, not kings. Matthew has that story. Our popular Christmas imagination conflates these two stories. A closer reading of Luke reveals the many layers of scandal, layers that make the Christmas story so much more powerful for us today. Not quite the call for outright revolution, but certainly an upending of the status quo, the scandal of the incarnation, the scandal of God coming to us. God coming to us in the face of a massive disruption caused by the Emperor Augustus. The census would be used to increase already punitive taxes. And it would also be a way to inscript more men into Rome's never-ending wars. The Pax Augustana, the peace of Augustan peace, was a time of endless fighting. God coming to us through an unwed pregnant teenage girl. Now Luke could easily have overlooked this detail. Because if you read all of Luke, he's a huge Mary fan. But it's right there just after introducing Mary and Joseph. Why would God not choose a more noble birth? After a wedding, certainly. It'd be so much more fitting for an all-powerful God to do that. And why even be born at all? God appeared to Moses fully formed and so frightening, so powerful that Moses had to turn his face away. That'd be a more appropriate way to make an appearance. Not as a helpless little infant. The scandal of Christmas is no room at the end. We couldn't even find a place for God among us. Jesus, our Savior, to be born. Our own priorities, commerce, pre-existing commitments, just outright ignorance, kept us from making a place for God when he came. And it makes me wonder, are we going to let that happen again? The scandal of Christmas is God coming to us in a manger. Now, TV shows like The Little Drummer Boy create a sanitized vision of a manger. A manger would be built of stone, it'd be uncomfortable, it'd be cold, it'd be dirty. It'd be the place where the animals ate and drank. There'd be awful smells in that manger. Some think the shepherds were called there to help protect the infant. They knew their way around these sometimes restless livestock that would have been surrounding the baby. And what about the shepherds? Now we romanticize them in our popular imagination. But truth be told, they were among the lowest of the low in the culture of the early first century. They were seen as somewhat shifty, untrustworthy, because they let their flocks graze on other people's land during the night, which these very shepherds might have been doing. Think of them the way gypsies have sometimes been depicted in our time, or something like carnival workers. Yet angels appear to the shepherds first with the news of Jesus' birth. They appear to the most marginal, the most questionable even, The scandal of Christmas is that at every turn, 
God came to us in probably the exact opposite way we had expected. A helpless infant, not a thundering Messiah, a dirty manger, not a proud palace or a beautiful temple. Through an unwed pregnant young girl, not a queen or a princess, and certainly not unwed. The intervening years in our popular imagination have cleaned up this story. They've given a sense of inevitability to Jesus' birth, that there was no question he'd grow to be the King of Kings, the capital M Messiah. But Luke doesn't tell it that way. He could have started with the adult Jesus, like in Mark's and John's Gospels, but he doesn't. See, I think Luke wants us to experience firsthand the scandal of Christmas, of God coming to us, because God appeared and continues to appear in the most humble places to those least expected. God comes to us first as a helpless infant in a dirty stable to a young girl who might have known little about caring for a baby. This is a humble beginning because that's how God experiences us in our weakest moments, our times of greatest doubt, our mourning. God's in it for the full-on experience of being human, starting as a baby in an uncomfortable manger, cushioned by a few measly strips of cloth. And just as unpredictably, God sends angels to some unsuspecting shepherds out in someone's field. The heavens open up, a multitude of heavenly hosts, and they sing out glory to God in the highest and peace among those of goodwill. Humble beginnings instantly give way to unimaginable power and glory. The very heavens cry out. So what does Luke want us to do in the face of the scandal of Christmas? In the glimpse of the heavenly host crying out. I think we get an idea in the actions of the shepherds and of Mary. The shepherds first consult each other, which I find to be an interesting twist. I mean, think about it. The heavens have just opened. An angel has told you to drop everything and go to Bethlehem, and you have a meeting about it. I mean, what would you discuss? Like, who goes, who stays by? I don't know. It shows that bureaucracy existed even then, even among the shepherds. But they do go. And they tell everyone about the good news. They share the gospel. As we so often see in the Bible, the words of God come to us through the lone prophet or the outsider or the despised. Imagine the looks on the faces of the Bethlehem society when these wild-eyed shepherds come to town with stories of angels and of the Messiah. And Mary, Jesus' mother, she's recently given birth. The infant is close to her, and Mary, as we're told, treasured all these words of the shepherds and pondered them in her heart. I love that, pondered them in her heart. Think of this as a way of hearing something and feeling it deeply at the same time. It's not an intellectual knowing, but it's an effective feeling in the heart. Mary shows wisdom well beyond her teenage years. The wisdom of what the Eastern Church calls Theotokos, the mother of God. See, we are called to hear God's words in our hearts. God's words spoken through the outsider, the orphan, the grieving mother, the wounded soldier, the hurt, the lonely senior, the addicted, the infirm. God's still speaking to us. The scandal of Christmas reminds us that God comes in the most unlikely ways through the most unlikely people. 
we are called to pay attention. We hear God's words in our hearts, and we run to our own Bethlehems, those magical places where angels appear and God is born, and we declare the good news. We declare the gospel. As the angel tells us, I am bringing to you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Today we celebrate the scandal of Christmas, and we give thanks for it, because it couldn't have happened any other way. Amen.